facing challenges, to remember that God is all there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Hi there. Welcome to Say Yes to Spirit with Leslie and Tracy. Hope that you are ready to say yes to spirit. I am. I am. And every week or so we get together and we remind ourselves that every day it is our choice, each one of us, our individual choice to say yes to spirit or to forget to say yes to spirit. Because, you know, most of the time we don't say no to spirit. Mm -hmm. We just don't make an intentional yes. I was going to say, did my I am sound convincing? Maybe it did to the listeners, <laughs> but I don't know. It just sounded kind of like automatic. Uh, yeah, like that's what I was thinking. Yeah, like that's the, that's the known answer. That's the answer that we give, right? Yeah. I am. Who's going to say, no, thank you, though. I'm gonna, <laughs> not today. Not today. No, no. I'm going to choose my melancholy depression. Yeah. And it's a really interesting thing to, you know, to, to really authentically look at, am I? And that not only am I ready... Because that was the question, right? Are you ready to say yes to spirit? Yes. I guess more for me, I want to say, am I saying yes to spirit? Because I might be ready forever and never actually do it. Ready, profound is that. Willingness and doing. And doingness are three different <laughs> three things. Different things. Yeah. So, uh, so anybody listening is is willing to say yes to spirit because <laughs> they're listening. That's right. right? And uh, are you ready to do it? Yeah, I'm ready. But am I doing it? That's a great distinction. Um, cool. So every week we have a theme, and this week our theme is jealousy. Yes. <laughs> what does that have to do with saying yes to spirit? I'm a little nervous. Well, we never know. How do you react to other people when other people experience success? Is oh, is is your success? Envied by others? Mm. Is it say yes? If you say yes to spirit, is it even possible? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead. So, if you say success to, if you say yes to spirit, is it even possible to be jealous? Oh yeah. Well, the answer would be no to that. Should we jump ahead? Does that end the show? <laughs> That's okay, the ultimate show is over. Thanks for calling. Yeah, today's show is over. So, um, we haven't done connected us. My favorite thing, my favorite thing in terms of uh, looking at how all of life is connected, and so connecting last week's topic of success to jealousy. See, sometimes there's just an automatic connection, and you said the connection there in the intro. <laughs> that was awesome. It's not, not, not very much fun, but it's so obvious. But the idea that usually, at least not the right word, but many times, Success breeds jealousy or envy. I like the idea of comparing the idea of envy, jealousy. Um, but that unfortunately, we have a societal idea that if I'm successful, I'm taking away something from someone else. So they envy or they are jealous of because there's this idea that there's not enough for everyone. That if I have a piece of the pie, that the pie, that piece of the pie is gone. Mm-hmm. And not available to others versus, you know, there's just an infinite amount of pie. Everybody gets to eat pie. I'm so pleased I can make a pie reference. Yeah, I, like you pie. I like pie so much. So I would think jealousy and success have a very easy connected dot, and um, and the idea that that uh, they don't have to one doesn't have to feed the other, but I think many times it does. Sadly, sadly. Let me just go ahead and put a judgment at the end of that sentence. I think that's important. Sadly, what's that about? I couldn't just put a period. I had to put a little judgment there at the end. Isn't that sad? Poor little, <laughs> poor little humans. Aren't we sad? <laughs> playing, our, playing our little games. 
And with that, we'll take a break. <laughs> Stay with us. Come back, talk about jealousy and envy and saying yes to spirit. Yes to spirit. Why do I always want to say just say yes to spirit? We go through that a lot. I don't know, but it's just like the. But still, after three years. Uh huh. I have to say it. Yeah. Oh well. Welcome back. What's our theme this week? Jealousy, jealousy, jealousy. Is, or envy. Are the same. Are they the same? To me. Oh, okay. See, because that's the question that I had. Envy is the same as jealousy. To me. To you. Right. They may <laughs> not be to you. <laughs> I think you should Google and look them up and see if they are actually the same, literally in 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 terms of definition. But envy is one of the seven deadly sins, isn't it? Come on now. Yeah. There's your. So that seems like that would have to be one one step worse than jealousy. Is envy the thing that creates jealousy, or is jealousy the thing that creates envy? Envy. A feeling of discontented or resentful longing mm. aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or luck. Jealousy is the state of feeling or being jealous. No. <laughs> yeah. Thank jealousy you. as synonyms for jealousy, envy, heartburning, and jaundice. John, yeah, that synonyms for envy, jealousy, jaundice, heartburning, or grudge. Jaundice, I thought, was what you turned when you didn't have enough iron in your system. Apparently, that's not jaundice. (laughs) Okay, so So jealousy, jealous, and envy are given as synonyms for each other in the dictionary. Okay. But envy has more of a sense of resentment. Yes. Like I've been jealous for a long time. Resentment, begrudging. Um, begrudging, yes. Yeah, and discontent. Whereas jealousy has a slightly lighter feel, although it's resentment against a rival or a person enjoying success or advantage. So the definitions are basically pretty much the same. You know, I think um, that energy of jealousy or envy just keeps things at bay from me. If I'm in a state of feeling jealous or envious, yes, that in and of itself keeps the thing that I am feeling jealous or envy about from me. I think I've said this before, but I'm always um, thinking back to this. I heard it, Christy Alley was interviewed on my favorite person's TV show, Oprah Complete. And Christy Alley, when she was very young, cleaned houses. And she said when she would go into the houses, these beautiful houses, and she would look at these beautiful things, and she was very poor and had very little material belongings, she would see in her mind how she would have that vase one day or how she would have that couch or she would do that kind of um, um, picture on her wall when she had money and she was constantly affirming how these beautiful things that these people had would one day be in her life and how she would arrange it and she got excited about it every time she saw it. And over the last several years I've done some pet walking and dog sitting at people's houses that have 
tremendous amount of things in them. And I walk in, and I'm like, what are you doing? How could you have all of these useless things? You spent all this money, and you could be saving, like, 40 children or something. And, you know, and 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 there's certainly a piece of it that says, you know, it's not that I want those things. I want the money that those that that bought those things. And then I, I'm a better person, of course, so I say I would do different things with the money. <laughs> well, it's a very judging day for me, isn't it? Already, yeah. already, just right out of the chute. But um, so you know, it, it's an interesting difference of how we end. And of course, Christy Alley manifested all those fabulous things. And so, you know, my energy of of, of having that reaction. And I guess that's got to be a form of jealousy if they're choosing. I don't know what, what that exactly is, but I think it, you know, it keeps me distant from it. And her energy of, you know, being excited about it for them and excited about it for her when she was going to have it, you know, it brought it naturally into her life. So I think the things that we're jealous of, it's almost like a porcupine kind of energy thing that keeps it at bay. And if I'm jealous of you, or I'm jealous of success, or I'm jealous of somebody else's money, I, I, I don't get to have you or the success or the money because I'm a porcupine to it. It's such an unpleasant energy, jealousy. An envy. Ooh. <laughs> it just makes you go, ooh, that is envy. Ooh. Well, I absolutely agree from the from the context of law of attraction. I mean, so yeah, what what you're talking about is is that uh, you are repelling the things that you are are saying you don't like or you're jealous of or whatever. And it is interesting how easy it is for us to do that mm-hmm. um, and then wonder why we're not receiving our good because we're not celebrating the good that's right. all around us. Right. Because the good really doesn't belong to anyone, <laughs> right? All, that. all good, mm-hmm. all good, the good is the all good that is available to all of us all the time. So when I see someone having what they want, a big piece of pie, then it should be, even though we don't use should very much, but, you know, it should be a trigger to me that, Wow, I'm so excited they're getting what they want. Right. Because I know that I can have everything I want. Pie is everywhere. <laughs> is that not work for you, whatever that, you know? Uh, no, I'm following you. I'm just like, okay, <laughs> judgment and pie. That's 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 who Leslie is today, judgment and pie. I only have to, to deal with judgment and pie for another 40 minutes. <laughs> judgment and pie. Um, so it is interesting how easy it is for us as humans to fall into that envy or that jealousy. Um, and it, and it's also interesting to me how sometimes we we don't say we're jealous, but we are in judgment. Mm. And we're in judgment. Yes. In a way that yes. makes yes. it bad, definitely, so that we don't have to admit that we want it. Right. Oh, that is so right. That's what I just did. Right. Those booger be people that spend all that money. I judge it versus saying, "Oh gosh, I wish I had the money to buy that silly little piece of furniture that no one would need." So yes, that would be <laughs> that would be judgment slash you know jealousy of them being able to have that the choice to spend that money. That's really interesting. I don't know that I ever really thought about that, but there can be. There doesn't always have to be. There can be a connection there, mm-hmm. uh, especially if we're saying it, they don't deserve it or they. I would do something different. Right. I would do something different in their circumstance, uh, and I'm not in their circumstance. It's different than when a parent says, I would do something different. If I were my 18-year-old, I would do something different. That's coming from a place of wisdom, most likely, um, and I don't want to be in my 18-year-old's shoes. Right. Um, but when, yeah, when it's somebody else, yeah, that's an interesting connection. So most often when people hear the word jealousy, I think they think about romantic relationships. I, I Often, yes. that they think about, I'm jealous of, 
or, you know, my partner is jealous any time I look at someone else or yes. talk to someone else. Right. And when we think of envy, I, I think a lot of people immediately go more to either work situations or public image, like celebrities and mm. entertainers. Mm. Um, even though the words basically mean the same thing. You know, I envy had does I as I'm saying as we're talking about it, I'm thinking, yeah, envy does have more of a um you know, I envy that person's lifestyle and all that they have, or I envy the fact that they have, you know, done this over a period of time. Whereas jealousy seems a little bit more one on one personal. And it is an interesting thing, um you know, being a deadly sin. Whatever that means. Whatever that means. It means it's got to be really, really bad. <laughs> Versus just a sin. I mean, a deadly sin. That really gets your attention, doesn't it? But uh, so it's so the energy of it has to be something that would be very unproductive. And I and I really think that that is so true. Any kind of Jealousy or envy is just so unproductive. I have a friend who I'm trying to have a, a dinner with, and her partner doesn't like her to go out with anyone else besides, you know, unless she's present. And it's such a fascinating thing because we've been friends for 12 years, 15 years, long time. And, um, you know, if something was going to happen, it would have happened. <laughs> you know, it's like I should be the one. I should be the one person that would be safe. You know, there's really a, there's there's just no there's no um, logical information. There's no you know, if you look at it just from an objective standpoint, there's nothing that could possibly. I would be the safe person to go to dinner with. And yet, reality has nothing to do with this it, other person's emotion. Logic, right. right? Logic and emotion are two different things. Right. And it's so debilitating because, and I, you know, it's fascinating um, to, to see how how um, soul sucking is the word that came to mind. But that doesn't sound pleasant, does it? But it's just it's very debilitating emotionally. Um, it, it's kind of like trying to put another human being on a leash or something, and you know that that energy of that push pull push pull then becomes the thing, and and there's no relaxed kind of enjoyment of, of any kind because she can't just go have dinner with some friends. Yet, yet it's not spoken necessarily. I don't know if they speak to it, as, you know, to get it out. And, and there's nothing that she can do to prove to her that, you know, because right. she's met me, and, you know, I mean, we've gone through trying to, you know, put her as much at ease as we can. Um, but Because right, it's not about that. Right. Right. It's not about that. It's not about it's not about my friend. It's not about what my friend and I might do. It's about whatever's in the mind of this other person and, and her mind is controlling the whole thing. On a, even though that's probably not on a conscious level. I mean that's what gets scary. What is what are the what's driving us and our beliefs and our behavior? And we don't even really know. We just know we don't like this. We like this and we don't like that. We are comfortable with this and we're not comfortable with that. And yes, the awareness. Here's an interesting point. If I become aware that I'm a jealous person and that I'm frightened that my partner is going to go off and do something, irrepute. Is that a good word? Irrepute. Something ill-repute. Ill um, if I can at least be aware of that, speak to it, and and go beyond it and not be um, bound in action by it, if I can see that it comes from you know, my childhood of watching my father cheat on my mother or watching, you know, people say one thing and do another, if I can work through it, use it as an opportunity to get some healing in my own life, then that can be a, a, a powerfully good thing. If I can move beyond it, see it, become aware of it, and then change the wound within me. And so much of it, though, we don't see and we don't know. Or if someone brings it to our attention, we deny it because, <laughs> you know, because we don't really see it in ourselves. We don't really see it happening that way. Or we think when they're challenging us, it's really their thing, and then I become 
vigilant for it in the other person, mm-hmm. I still haven't increased my own self-awareness. And that, you know, that's part of what makes relationships so complex, whether it's partner spouse, two friends, coworkers, bosses, you know, boss and subordinate. It's like, oh, relationships are crazy making. <laughs> no wonder, Even at the best of times, is it? No wonder that's where we get so much of our opportunity for spiritual growth. Uh-huh. Right. It's like, if I, I, I was talking with a client a uh, few weeks ago, and um, his comment, a summary of the point he was making was, well, you know, if I could just, like, go off and live alone and, um, you know, be out in where I'm close to nature but the weather's always good and I don't have to deal with having a spouse and children and a job, <laughs> I could be so spiritually, you know, I would get to my spiritual enlightenment quicker and I could live spiritually enlightened all the time. Mm. And it would be and, and he wasn't being like funny. It was just kind of like he was describing this would be the ideal situation. And what he basically described was either being not even a um in a monastery. Because in a monastery, a monk in a monastery, you are still with all these other monks and you have duties and mm-hmm. tasks to make the monastery run. But it was just like he would be in this ideal place kind of a hermit or a recluse, but have everything provided, you know, and the key really was alone and without having to deal with all these people (laughs) who I love. The wife and the kids. You know, and the coworkers and the boss and the job and, you know, all of which I love. I mean, you know, love my wife, love my kids. I love having a job and being able to provide and, you know, have a home and, um, you know, car I like. Love all of that. Love life. But it would be so much better, you know, even better if I could do this. And I think we, we um, you know, we learn from our relationship. Our spiritual growth, a big part of it, comes not only in what we know is true about ourselves and our own awareness of spirit or of God, but how we, our opportunity to apply it mm-hmm. is in our relationships with other people. And that's really, you know, the, the 12 step saying that we've talked about a lot here. You spot it, you got it. The idea of what is so irritating in another is within me, or wouldn't be so irritating. I think the the key to that is, you know, I can notice things in other people, and if I notice it and, and have a compassionate reaction to it, that's one thing. But if I notice it and have this visceral, you know, oh, you silly goose for doing that, then that's about me. And the more I can see that, Tracy's laughing uncontrollably. See, that's why we need a camera. Or did I, silly goose? No, I'll remember. Why are you laughing? No, it wasn't so good. <laughs> what was it? It was the wisdom of what you were saying. <laughs> and, and it took me to a conversation <laughs> I had this week. But that is exactly what was happening. This person I was talking to was judging, ah, judging, judging. <laughs> were they judging, Tracy? And... <laughs> And was asking questions, and then no matter what the answer was, they were judging. They were judging. Mm -hmm. And what I became really clear about, about the third time this happened, and this was only a 30-minute conversation. Wow. So, you know, we weren't 15 minutes in, and about, about the third time this happened, I was like, oh, well, two things happened. One, I was like, she's asking questions, but not giving any context. So whatever you, whatever the answer is, then she's judging it from her own filters. And she's judging it based on what it would mean if she did that. Oh, that's what we all do. Correct. And so, no, so I was just like, oh, you just made the light bulb come on about what was going on in that, in that very interesting Conversation because I was in the conversation, 
But by 15 minutes in, I found myself being the observer and the participant ah. because the dynamic was so weird. And so you your comment about... <laughs> you spot it, you got it. Yeah, and, and not, of your not so much about, about me, because I was really in observer mode, but for her, one of the big things she complained, or one of the big things she said um, to one of the other people is a conference call. So one of the other people on the call was um, she, her com the person I'm focusing on, her comment to one of the other people on the call was, well, it seems to me that by your reaction that, you know, you are, you were judging what yeah. was going on, uh, but you didn't have all the information. And what just hit me was, the reason she interpreted that person's actions as being from a place of judgment is because that's what she did for the whole 30 minutes we were on the call. She, Her comments were in judgment of everyone else. So whatever she would hear from other people, she'd notice mm -hmm. when from her perspective it looked like they were in judgment. Um, because with that same person she made the comment to, what I heard them say, saying was they were sharing a value they had, they owned it as their value, and they were describing what they would do differently based on their value. But they didn't say anything about the other people needing to change. They were just saying, you know, in the, in a situation like this, my values encourage me to do X, Y, and Z. And this main, the person I'm focusing on right now her interpretation of that was that this person had judgment about the group mm. and that the group was bad and wrong. When the, the person C in this conversation was just saying, I get that, it's okay with me, and I'm going to do something different. You know, it is fascinating how how I react. I expect everyone to react the same way. So if I see someone doing something that I do, Without being, let's say that I that I do something you know in a in a way that um, oh that I just say that's a great looking shirt even though I might not think it's a great looking shirt, um, but I just want to be nice to you so I'm going to say it's a great looking shirt right. So if somebody turns around and says to me oh that's a great looking shirt, then I'm going to interpret that you're just trying to be nice to me you don't really like the shirt you're just trying to you know it's so small talk right so we're we're constantly like you said, through the filter of how I speak and how I see the, the world, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling in all your comments and all the information through that filter. And until I start to understand that we all have different filters, we can't really communicate because otherwise we're just trying to, um, we'll just continually kind of uh, manipulate what you're saying to make it fit through my filter versus being able to authentically see you as a different person. It reminds me of this the book, The Five Languages of Love. Absolutely. It's a fabulous, if you ever are ever, ever going to be in a relationship, you must get that book and read it because it's a powerful example of how people love differently. And I can't remember them all, but one's like I love through words, one's I love through touch, one's I love through service. Gifts. Gifts. And there's something else, but it's funny because the I heard recently an interview. Do I listen to anyone but Oprah? No, I don't really. But I heard an interview, an old interview from the author on one of her shows, and he said the reason he wrote the book is because after six or seven years of marriage, his wife came to him and said, "You know, honey, I just don't think this is working. I don't feel like you love me." I, and he's like, "Good heavens, I love you so much. I unpack your suitcase when we travel. I take the trash out every Thursday night." I, you know, I, I painted the house three times since we've been married, and how he loved was through service, and she said, I just want to be touched. I just want you to kiss me when you go to work in the morning and give me a hug when you come home at night, and he had been so loving her in his way, and she had so missed it because it wasn't her way of receiving and getting it, that they were, she wanted to get a divorce, and he's like, I've got to figure this out, and it's a really important thing, and I think that that's so... And then if we really love someone, and they, you know, he learned easily. He wants he'll kiss her and he'll hug her and do all that stuff. And she also learned when he's unpacking my suitcase, 
That's yeah, how he's loving. And so it really, so quickly, you know, just turn the light on in the room for them. And I think that's such a powerful, if we really want to have authentic friendships, relationships, any kind of situation, you know, I have to be willing to see you as you, for you, without my filter and be exactly. open to that. And that's what so much of the diversity and inclusion work is mm. about. I mean, you know, we we would never, I would never go into, you know, corporate America and, and say it quite that way. But that's really what it's about, to recognize that I have my filters, you have yours, I have my expectations that have, that have become a part of me, so much a part of me that I don't even consciously right. know automatic. them, mm-hmm. but I do expect them. <laughs> yes, I do. And everything comes through them, yes. And um, and the same for you. And one, so a big part of it is having awareness of my own self and my own needs and my own um, biases, for lack right. of a better word, mm-hmm. my own filters. Right. And recognizing that when I'm in relationship with you, whether it's in the workplace or in the community or in, at home, that... There's a bridge that that has to be built yes. between them, and sometimes you're crossing over to my inside of the banks of the river, and sometimes I'm crossing over, and sometimes we're dancing in the middle of the bridge. Right. But there, neither one is totally wrong or totally right. Yes. And so, what where you started a few minutes ago, I think, is right. When we expect, we see everything through our filters, and we translate it through our own filters. And when that's all that's happening, then, yeah, we only, it's like we're a world of one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, which is kind of fun for me, because there's a lot of me, to, but, yeah, to most of it, that is not a very healthy place to be. So that actually brings me to this place of if I say yes to spirit, can I even experience jealousy or envy? Because... The reason that it brings me there is, be, which may seem like a big leap to some people, but just that thing of, oh, I'm a world of one. I'm a, I am a world of one. At the same time, I am one with all that mm. has been created by spirit. Right. Because everything that has been created, every person, right. is one with spirit. So if I say yes to spirit, And then I have to know and acknowledge that you are a unique, one-of-a-kind expression of spirit. And that means that just like I am a world of one, you are a world of one. And for our worlds to interact, you know, we have to communicate. And we have to, I'm curious about how you're different from me because that's just some more of the ways that God expresses. And, you know, as you say the word one, thinking about my belief that we are actually literally a piece of the one, for me to be jealous of you is for me to be jealous of me. Which makes no sense. Which makes no sense. And so if I'm in that state of oneness of spiritual truth, then there wouldn't be any space for jealousy or envy because what is yours is mine, what is mine is yours. There's no, there's no one-upmanship. There's no less than, more than. Ooh, how about that? That's really deep, isn't it? Did oh, I say something deep? Let's yeah. say it again. So, <laughs> what often happens? What just struck me is that what often happens is we claim that beautiful one with spirit spiritness that you just talked about. Mm-hmm. When someone has less than we do, or someone is in more pain than we are, hmm. and I can be compassionate, and I can extend love, and I can take the only dollar bill I have in my pocket and give it to the homeless because we're all one in God, and I'm going to share what I have with you. And isn't it interesting that it doesn't work the other way when someone has something that we want? or seems to have a life that's better than ours, we don't feel, we often... We don't, don't feel one with them. We, yeah. Right. We don't feel like, oh, I can be so excited for you because you are experiencing this fabulous life as part of the one 
universe as part of the one, and I'm really excited that I get to see that. Mm -hmm. And I can give you, from my compassion and love, I can give you love and support and blessings. Right. We think of giving blessings down. Right. (laughs) The blessings from wherever we are. down. Isn't that people that have more than me don't need my blessing and compassion? I'm going to judge and be critical and jealous and envious of them. Yes, right. That's it. <laughs> You're not saying I'm sick. You're just yeah. There you go. So I just thought to point that out. Yes. That's, yeah. I'm not saying Leslie. <laughs> that's the human condition pattern that I don't accept. Is yeah has to be yeah right. But isn't I mean wow that's why that's our pattern often. I mean, me, <coughs> you, people we know, mm-hmm. good, happy, well-meaning, spiritually grounded people. Wow. But if you look at little Christy Alley back when she was 22 or 23, she was pumping it up. She was excited for the people that had more than her because they were Knowing giving her was going to get it. a pattern of what she was going to have. Yeah. I mean, and, and I do that, and you do that on some things. Not really, I'm just bitter and jealous. And that, you know, the spiritual practice, that's, that is. But in general, when we look at society, that's not what we're, that's not what's modeled for us often. And I think what we do a lot of, and this is a classic 12-step saying, is we, we, we compare our insides to other yeah. people's outside which is big mistake big mistake and and so many times that just gives us feeling of one downmanship because these people externally seem to have something and you know it's really fascinating where i work at the dallas county women's jail we have over 100 volunteers there's only three staff members but there's over 100 volunteers that come in and out throughout the week and um most of the volunteers are what you would consider upper middle class because they're you know have time to volunteer and they're you know look good and smell good and have the right clothes and nice hair. Did I sound bitter and jealous and resentful? Just a tiny bit. Just, you know, just saying. But um, it, it the the women in the jail when they come in and and are with them and inevitably the volunteers will share a little piece of what's going on in their life and difficulties that they're having. And the women will just be in awe in the jail that, oh, my goodness, you look good and smell good and you have all this going for you. You're not in stripes and you're really screwed up. And it's really it's so empowering to the women in the jail to understand that it, we are all on a very baseline operating from similar fears and anxieties and, and we just package it differently. And that all of us, when we get down to that authentic sharing, we understand more that we are one. And it's that authentic sharing that I think is so often missed um, when we talk about, you know, what we had for lunch versus, gosh, I'm scared that I might not be able to, you know, pay for my kids' prom dress at the end of the year, you know. Yeah. I love that, that uh, that reminder of uh, so often the people we might find ourselves jealous of or envious of what they have or what they're doing, um, yeah, have have their own issues. Yes. You know, or have the same issues. It's just not evident. What does it say about me that I'm kind of pleased about that? <laughs> when I look at I'm like, oh, I know, you might look good, but I think you're screwed up. Way screwed up. You know, it's not sad, right. isn't it? That I have find that, some joy in that. I'm like, have that level of success, you must be really screwed up. up. Now that, That's I won't buy into. Unfortunate that I, uh, and, I, and you know, that um, that equally, play, you know, the equalizing the playing field, and that's not the right sentence, but, you know, understanding we're all playing on the same playing field yeah. gives us permission to then have that compassion and love sideways, whether I'm in theory giving it to someone that, you know, has less or has more. When I understand we're all really on the same playing field, it's just going left and right, not up and down. Yeah, and what are we giving? So we think... We take the dollar bill and we give it to the person who appears to be homeless, 
and we think we've done something, but really we're not giving the dollar bill. We are giving love. The energy. We are giving, right, the energy of spirit. We are giving, if we are, if it is to have real meaning, you know, and I can think of times when I, you know, donated or gave a dollar or a five dollar bill and it was just, it was kind of judge, more judgmental. It had the more judgmental character. I'm giving this, but, you know, like I'm giving this for, for me. I'm giving it to, so I don't feel guilty. Or, right. I'm not really giving it because I feel love and compassion for you, and I'm sharing that which I have. Now, most of the time nowadays, if I give, that's really the energy in whatever it is, whether it's a quarter or a $10 bill. But I can, you know, dozens, hundreds of times when I have given money or clothes or sometimes even the kind word. The kind word is kind, but the energy behind it is pity mm-hmm. or um, more so than just a, the big heart of compassion. Right? You know, I have, I've, I have felt what you are feeling now, and I want to send love into that, breathe love into that. Mm-hmm whatever that form takes, whether it's words or money or um, or just the words, just, you know, the energy, the prayer. And it goes back to that, what would love do, what would spirit do, and would there be any jealousy in that realm? And there just wouldn't be. There wouldn't be jealousy, there wouldn't be pity, because it, there would be this kind of um, envelop, this knowing that everything is, is is one, and when we have that at the core, there's just no jealousy. There's just no jealousy. It doesn't exist. And if I'm if I'm jealous of something, you know that that something is just about me. And I, and I, I keep coming back to that that the, the jealousy always seems to be outward, like somebody is doing something that I'm jealous of or that I envy. But it has it, that's such a false veil because it's within me that something that person can't do anything or be anything that's going to change that within me that has to be something that I change within me I'm either a jealous and envious person or I'm not I'm either the person you know I'm the person that you know somebody would say you know I saw your husband sleeping with another woman, and I have videos of it, and I sit there going, really? I don't believe it. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, it would just be so outside of my consciousness because I, I trust to this, you know, 11th hour kind of thing. And so I think it's just, it's, it's within us or it's not within us, but if it's within me to be concerned about your behavior, then that's within me. Your behavior can't change that in me. Right. And that's, I think, a classic thing, and we want somebody else's behavior to change what's within me, and that just can never, ever work. Right. It doesn't quite work that way. <laughs> Sadly. I could send you to therapy all day long, and it's not going to help me. It doesn't work. Right. It's unfortunate or fortunate. <laughs> it's like I have to do my own work. I have to right. expand my own awareness. I have to practice. I have to walk my own talk. Darn it. Um so it's so much easier to just talk the talk, but you want me to actually walk it, model it, be <laughs> it. Oh, how frustrating is that? Yeah, it is an interesting. It is an interesting journey, and it and it is one that we come back to that. How to, you know? If I'm saying yes to spirit, if I'm fully awake, then it just it doesn't apply. It's like turning light on in a dark room. The darkness doesn't linger. It doesn't stay over in the corner. It's not like still there and I'm just not noticing it. I mean, it's gone. It's not there. So if I'm awake, if I'm in line with the flow, in line with spirit, that's all there is, <coughs> is the light. And, um, you know, I can play all day long with turning the light on and off, but when the light is on, the darkness isn't present, period, end of story. So, you know, this has come up several times over the time we've been doing the show where you would talk about or you would mention there have been times in your life when 
you know, you just had this positive attitude, and people would say you were being like Miss Pollyanna. Right. Or I was high. It was was high. One or the other. (laughs) And so that's interesting because of what you just said. If I am filled with spirit, if I have said yes to spirit, and that is who I am, and I am the light, right. the darkness just doesn't even come up. So I don't, when other people are seeing and go, are gossiping about someone else, right. it would just like never cross my mind to get right. into that because right. I am right. saying yes to spirit, and it's so much of who I am that I don't get pulled in. Correct. And it's fabulous. <laughs> I remember it well. <laughs> Thank you for taking me down that trip down memory lane. Yes, and I yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting a bit of that back lately. But yes, it's uh, you know, it is and it and it is that it is that black and white for me. You know, in in a because everything's black and white for me. It's all it's nothing. It's pie on the couch or it's pie in heaven. Everybody has enough. But in and it is fascinating to to watch other people's reaction to that. And it's not it's not um and my reaction to others that have it when I don't have it, you know. It, it is it is and it's a journey that's like different stages that I've been on and I've been probably as dark as dark can be and as light as light can be and I, and I absolutely see that that it's within my um it's in my state of awareness that everything comes to me. It's not in the external state of anybody else, even though I want to blame you, Tracy. I think it could be you, really. Now I've known you enough, but it's it's probably you. If I yep. could just pick oh, oh, you, then I, I would yeah. be so much happier. Yes. <laughs> sadly, sadly, that's not the case. But I think many times we set up relationships where that is, you know, what we want to do. If I could just get you to do the thing that would make me feel better. Then everything would be good. It would right. be all right in my world. Right. Hmm. Okay, so. There we go. Yeah. Jealousy. <laughs> Jealousy. Envy. Envy. Now what do we talk about for the last <laughs> two minutes of the you show? You have nothing else to talk about jealousy or envy? <laughs> I still think this. What are the other seven deadly sins? I think I'm focused on the deadly sin band. Deadly, deadly. Because I have energetically, to look them up. that's a that's a lust is one, isn't it? And envy and um. I have no idea. You have, have no idea. They're biblical things, right? I know. Didn't you and I memorized them. <laughs> and then <laughs> when the movie came out, I oh, you know, that's right, that's right. But I don't keep them in my consciousness because I don't believe in sin and because I don't believe in deadly sin. <laughs> and so I have to look them up now any time <laughs> that I need to know them. You know, I'm not teaching sin. The sin, the sin life. Exactly. But it but, must give some impetus that, and I'm using these words that I'm not using correctly all day, but there's some force behind it in me, such a oh, negative energy that it would be listed in such a such a you way. You have to put it in context. Okay, in the context of it's in a document that is all about heaven and hell. So right. you've got to have bad things. It's but, in context. But I think somehow the metaphysical relationship to that context would be that there's still some um, wisdom for us to glean, glean from. See, she's she's very un... Did, did, did the listeners hear the heavy sigh that you're looking at the seven deadly sins? Oh. Yeah. Oh. I don't even want to put this in my consciousness. <laughs> I'm only doing this in honor of the relationship that you and I have... I said and be, you want to know. I'm just curious. It's not I, gonna get, it's not I'm gonna, not even curious. curious. You're not even curious. And Google doesn't even want to pull it up. The <laughs> <laughs> Google on my computer, which is normally really fast and really responsive, it's like taking forever to pull up what are seven the seven deadly, deadly sins. Also known as the capital vices are the cardinal oh, sins. The currently recognized version, and that is important, the currently recognized version of the sins are current are usually given as wrath, 
greed, mm. sloth, mm. pride, lust, envy, and gluttony. See now, but see that to me, the metaphysical energy of looking at those things, they do have sort of a similar um, thread that it has to do with me. And see, I have to have my glasses on. But it has to do with me looking on the outside of me, like gluttony, you know, getting too much, wrath, being angry at somebody else, sloth. I don't even know what that means. Pride. It just seems like sloth. You're suggesting I, that Ethel, my car, is sloth? Is that so you do know what it means. You just don't. <laughs> you don't want it. I don't think it's lost. I couldn't possibly relate to that. Um, so, but it's all external things. And so the energy of that being a debt, those being deadly sins, which I internalize by the physically being the energy of things we would not want to bring into us. See, there's a metaphysical way of looking at that. Oh, I absolutely agree. And if I were going to do a, a talk... If I were going to do a talk right. or a class uh-huh. about, um, I, I mean, I might look it up. I would, always, I, I would look it up and use it in a metaphysical field. Yeah. But would I be able? Do I want to memorize these? No. Yeah. I would yeah. memorize what I want people to do. What I want, not what I want people to, to avoid. To stop doing. To right. stop doing. To avoid. Yeah. But they always kind of have a thread of something external. Well, yeah, of course. One of those bad it wasn't obvious to me five seconds ago. <laughs> that all the evil things, the deadliest of evil well, things, think about the have ten, some external. The Ten Commandments, they're all about how you interact with other people, mm. right? So, oh. you know, when you do these things, mm-hmm. when you cut at others, mm-hmm. when you mm-hmm. do not murder, do not kill. I mean, it's how, what are you doing with other people? Because the real heaven and the real life, life everlasting, is the inner awareness and the inner communion with God. And that's with all of us. Exactly. And yeah. so with um, with any spiritual enlightenment, enlightenment in any tradition, all the things to do are about getting right with God, about being in alignment with spirit about um, showing up as the one, as the Christ consciousness. And so anything that you're doing that's not that, that's not from the inside out in your oneness with spirit would be a sin, a commandment broken, a whatever. A deadly sin. You missed a deadly sin. A deadly sin. Um. You know, uh, and that 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 brings up that if I'm in a state of oneness, how whatever's happening around me, I um, my mother has HBO. Bless her heart, she gets to watch Bill Maher. I don't know if you know that name, but I enjoy Bill Maher when I'm at my mother's house, and I was recently there and watched him, and he had a comic on, which I just love comics that have sense of the worldly events. And they got into a philosophical discussion about how uh, we're fine sending these conversation recently about sending drones over to foreign countries and blowing up someone in a Starbucks and we killed a bad person. We happened to kill nine other people, but you know it was good because there was that one bad person there. And now the idea that we might do it in a Starbucks like in Lubbock, Texas, is really upsetting because it was Lubbock, Texas. And so until we get to a point where we understand. A Starbucks in Lubbock, Texas, or a Starbucks in Pakistan have the same value that there's just this disconnect of understanding the oneness, the compassion, the um, not even compassion. It just just the bare fact of one spirit is all spirit, and one life is all life. And even if this life is, you know, deemed something that we can't just arbitrarily take that. It's such an it's such an amazing sense of what would be the word. Um, arbitrary sort of I'm better than you because I'm me. <laughs> you 
that is the American value. By the end of the day, I mean that, that is so much in the American mm. culture. Mm. Mm. Let, um, more so than the entire world, even though in the 21st century there's some of that. But um, yeah, that's very much spread into our culture. I am better than you because I am me. The independence, the you know, the I am entitled, the sense of entitlement that our culture breeds. And doesn't that breed jealousy? I mean, because I'm I'm setting up this hierarchy that America is better than these other countries, so that sets up a, a, a sense of I want them to be jealous of me, so if I want somebody to be jealous of what I have, then I'm naturally going to be jealous of what someone else has. I mean, that energy just, like you were saying earlier, can't just really flow one way. Yeah. Better than it's almost sort of because there must be a best, and mm. I am it, mm. or my country is it, and that's not, um, you know, that's there's no spiritual foundation to that. Spiritual foundation is yes, you are the best. You are the best you. God has created you, and you are the best you. And every person you meet is the best, whatever their name is, or whatever they're called, or whatever creature. Right. It is. That is the best squirrel that that squirrel can be in the tree outside my bedroom. And the wonderful, I think the biggest gift we can give is to remember that for each other when we've forgotten. Mm-hmm. My, um, I'm still slightly obsessed. Okay, I'm still obsessed with this Michael Gott CD. And there's a song on there where he, it's a duet. One person sings one part, one person sings another. That's a duet. That a duet. Very good lesson. And uh, the female voice starts off and says, when I forget, will you remember for me? And then the, and Michael comes in and says, when you forget, I will remember for you. And I keep thinking that's like the biggest gift we could give. And I thought that would be a perfect wedding song, that this is what I commit to you. When you forget, I'll remember. When I forget, will you remember? So that there's this... And you said that the other day when you were talking about how you wanted to be present in this in this group that you're in, that you want to be the one that remembers the truth of everyone and not get caught up in these human, quote-unquote, experiences that I don't think are real, um, so that you can, you can be that remembering. And that's, um, you know, I'm really aware that if... if if I can have friends that remember for me when I'm forgetting and I can remember for friends when they forget, boy, that would just take all jealousy out. I mean, it wouldn't be anything to be jealous of. It would be such a concert of of um, support and truth. Yes, and that's, that actually is a perfect way for us to wind down the show because that's the spiritual practices part of it is the remembering. And so... There are spiritual practices I can do for myself that help me remember. Yes. You know, my daily meditation, my noticing when I'm stressed or when I'm anxious or when I actually am experiencing envy and jealousy and and reaching out to the practices, then also giving that gift to others to remember and to share and to do prayer and treatment for them. Right. When they ask. And when I see somebody who has something great, to hold them up. Mm-hmm. Celebrate with. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so that really is the end of the conversation <laughs> about jealousy and envy. Show number 151. We're so glad that you joined us today, or if you're listening by to the recording, that you are enjoying this recording. And... Um, Please check the schedule and join us again whenever you can. But until then, say Say yes yes to spirit.
Alexa, play Whitney Houston. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.